Hi, this is Veronica Henke in a bunker at the USDA Forest Service's Medewin National Tallgrass Prairie. You are listening to Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. And now, a word about the coronavirus situation from man's and woman's best friend. Hello, Internet. It's Pluto here, and I, I just... I'm getting the feeling that there's a time of crisis for the two-leggeds, and so I thought maybe I could share some perspectives from the four-leggeds, and maybe that could help you. So we like to just chill out at home, and we, we curl up, and we, we wander around and play with a tennis ball, and there's lots that you can do. And I heard that there's a crisis with the toilet paper, which I don't understand. I mean... For cats, I understand because they like to play with it, but cats aren't that important. And then also, my other mom said that she went this morning and there was nothing in the grocery store. So she, she said there won't be any snacks today. But for me, it's really easy for snacks. You just go sniffing around a little bit. And, and also at the end of the street, at the, at the, at the curb area where the hole where the water goes down, sometimes snacks get stuck around there so it's a good place to check for a, a little a little snack if you're really hungry so just it's really very important that you you all be good to each other and the, the practice the social distance social distancing so don't please you shouldn't sniff other people's legs and really you really shouldn't sniff their crotches until this whole thing is over you gotta that's social responsibility It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio. Flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 877-711-5611. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas, wind blowing through breathing trees, strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Jet streams, perfect air. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Nova. Good planets are in the main. Right. Right. And good morning, everybody. And words to the wise, don't sniff anybody's crotch until all of this is over. Uh, I, I can't, you know, Peggy, what's the problem? She's going, oh, oh, no, exactly. This is, you know, we have to be kind to each other. And that was Pluto the dog. No, not the Pluto the dog that you think of, but a different Pluto the dog, which was running around there on the used tubes. And boy, there's a lot of weird stuff going on there right now in the age. Weirder than usual, yes. And we'll be playing some of it during the show today. But today is the virtual Chicago Flower and Garden Show. And where's... Let's bring it here. 
I got one right here. Uh, and we're so pleased to have Tony Abruscato right here on the Zoom line with us. We're just jumping right into this because we want to make people happy on a Sunday morning when they're starting to get locked down in various states, like 75 million of us right now already. Tony Abruscato, director of the Chicago Flower and Garden Show. How are you this morning? I'm doing well, Mike. Thanks so much for having us on today and talking through the show, or what would have been the show, I should say. I know. We would have been broadcasting live from Navy Pier in Chicago, but that's not happening. So here we are, and we want to talk to you. And right now in this first segment, we're just going to have uh, a couple of quick minutes, and then we'll get back uh, after the first break. But uh, you've been already trying to unload plants that were coming into the show that would have been at the show this morning and for five days, uh, have you been successful at all? We have actually, we teamed up together with uh, Lamanda Joy, a good friend from City Grange, and she um, opened up her yard as a U-Pick kind of pop-up for the plants. And so we had, um, you know, three, 400 azaleas. Uh, we had 300 roses that were in bloom. Okay, you got to hold that thought right there. We'll be right back. That's not just a tree in your yard, it's an investment. It's a windbreak. It's a natural work of art. It's part of the family, which is why you want Bartlett tree experts to care for your trees. Now is a great time to go to Bartlett.com and see what they can do for you. Did you know that winter's a prime time to have your trees pruned? One of the reasons is that without leaves, the structure of the tree is easier to evaluate. Also, it's a great time to inspect your trees for any visibly hazardous conditions or structural issues. It's also easier now to work around a garden when the ground is frozen. Even during the growing season, Bartlett utilizes the most effective and environmentally sensitive methods to control tree pests, such as beneficial insects to manage the bad insects. And did we mention that Bartlett is the industry leader in safety? Whether it's a small residential project or a major commercial renovation, contact an Arborist representative at Bartlett and get a free estimate because every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. This is Peggy Malecki on the Smart Talk Radio Network with an important message about the coronavirus. With COVID-19 spreading, we must all act now by taking care of ourselves and not putting others in harm's way. This is crucial for all of us, no matter our age or risk factor. Stay home except for essential activities. If you must leave, stay at least six feet away from others. Wash well with soap after being in public spaces. We're all in this together. Visit coronavirus.gov for the latest information from the CDC. You want to install a solar energy system for your home, but you're afraid you'll be overwhelmed by choices and jargon. You need to talk to our friends at Albright Solar. Albright Solar offers a boutique, hands-on approach to your situation. They know the ins and outs of local solutions. They take the confusion out of the process and make solar simple, giving you the confidence to enjoy your investment. Harness the power of the sun. Go to albright.solar or call 773-887-6446. Hey everyone, this is Peggy, and I'm here to tell you about Natural Awakening Chicago Magazine, your independent go-to resource for everyday wellness. Natural Awakenings is still the greenest, healthiest magazine in the Chicago area. For more than 10 years, we've been at the leading edge of healthy living, helping you find ideas and trusted resources to lead a more fulfilled and sustainable lifestyle. Each month, we go beyond the trends to take a fresh look at food and nutrition, wellness, personal growth, and green living. Natural Awakenings includes great articles for parents about raising healthy kids, too, as well as ideas for your sustainable home and garden. And if you like good food, you'll love our tasty recipes and meal ideas from 
plant-based and gluten-free options to healthy versions of classic recipes and even lunches your kids will love. Natural Awakenings is available throughout the city as well as Suburban Cook, DuPage, Lake, and McHenry Counties, and it's free. Or read it online at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. got it from Agnes. She got it from Jim. We all agree it must have been Louise who gave it to him. <laughs> she got it from Harry who got it from Marie. And everybody knows that Marie got it from me. Yeah, there he is. Giles the got it from iconic, Daphne. the indomitable uh, Tom Lehrer. But I don't think he's talking about coronavirus. I got a feeling it's uh, something else there. Love? Love? We... <laughs> We're just going to continue to have fun. I mean, it is, it's a, it's a, it's a very serious time for a couple of hours on a Sunday morning as we talk about serious matters like coronavirus and, and gardening and the environment. Uh, we're going to, we're still going to punch it with a little bit of humor. And if you don't like it, uh, I, you got to be laughing, folks. You got to go for it. Okay. Uh, and today is the virtual Chicago flower and garden show. On the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and she's got her own dinger there. We're at our homes, uh, broadcasting safely, prophylactic uh, broadcasting um, <laughs> with real microphones today. I'm really excited about that, too. Um, and Tony Abruscato, the director of the Chicago Flower and Garden Show, is on the Zoom machine with us. And we'll be getting to Breck Bounds in just a second. Get your seed starting notes ready because Breck is going to be telling you uh, about that. But Tony, uh, you, you got to give me, we talked a little bit just before the break about you unloading plants. You said you were doing that and you were able to do that successfully. How many plants did you get in and how many were you trying to get rid of? Well, we had, we had um, about 2000 plants that came in um, that we weren't able to turn around. Um, so we had a bunch of others that we were able to um, stop from coming in. So we didn't have to do that, but we, we were looking at like almost 1500, 2000 plants that we were, we were working with the last couple of days. Wow. So, uh, and, and what happened in Illinois and it's happened in California and in, in New York, it's going to happen in other States folks is that there's going to be a stay in place order. Uh, that's the only way you stop this. Can I offer some advice to everybody listening right now, wherever you are in the country? Cause I know we go out various places in the country Stay home. Don't go out. Don't gather. Don't do that. The only way we even have a hope of slowing this down is if people do not interact in person. This is why we have Zoom machines. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's why we have phones. I mean, we're better uh, prepared to connect with each other right now than we have been in the history of, of humanity. So do it. That's the way to do it. And please uh, wash your hands thoroughly uh, and stay at home. That's that's all I can say. So that was a preface to saying that Illinois locked down uh, at 5 p.m. yesterday. Uh, for those of you who are getting this show a week later, that was a week ago. Uh, and by that time, your state might have done the same thing. So you had a couple of days to try to unload those plants with uh, the folks at City Grange. And uh, you had people come and drive and buy and what you were throwing the plants in their car. Is that it? Yeah, we just had them slow down. You know, we we tossed them. <laughs> uh, we, we actually we planned it out, uh, you know, because, as you just mentioned, safety first. And we wanted to make sure that we weren't doing anything to advance, you know, um, 
the, the disease and people catching it. So we had curbside pickup. People were able to come up with their car, pre-order, come up with their car, and they'd say, you know, I'm Smith. And I, so we come in, we put the box outside. They would come in and grab the box and put it in the back of the car. Be plants. Yeah. And then, and they would just, uh, or open their trunk. We did have some people that lined up for like a you pick yard. And um, what I ended up doing is we took ribbon and every six feet, we put another ribbon on the fence so that as people walked up, they automatically took place in queue so that we weren't uh, bringing them together. And then uh, and inside the yard area, it was all outdoors. We didn't allow anyone inside. Mm-hmm. And then we limited it to 10 people at a time. Uh, Great. We have about a minute left with you, Tony, before we get to seed starting here. Yep. What's going to happen to the plants that didn't get sold? I, I'm almost afraid to ask. Well, well, you know, as always, after the Flower and Garden Show, we donate a lot of plant material out to charity. So we're going to look to try to maintain those plants as best we can. Our good friend Dave at Elsop Nursery, he's got a bunch of plants in greenhouses, so they might stay. And we'll try to either do another pop-up plant sale if it allows, or we'll donate them back out to charity. And if things get back to relative normal in a few months, do you anticipate maybe having one of those late summer uh, Chicago Flower and Show events? I'd like to. We, we we want to try to figure something out and do maybe one at the Taste of Chicago um, and maybe one later in the Boy, spring. Boy, Taste of Chicago, I, I think that's a goner, but that's me. Yeah, that's that's wishful thinking. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, but we're... You know, this is this is um, this is our single source of income. So like a lot of people, um, we won't be able to go back to work and start income because all of our income was derived, supposed to be derived from the Flower and Garden Show. So we've got we've got some interesting times ahead of us. Yeah, you do. And I wish you well. People can go to ChicagoFlower.com for more information uh, about the show. And I, I wish you well, Tony, and I hope you have a really good insurance policy. That's no insurance I mean. for this. So, so. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, so you'll see me with the plant truck. We'll be doing pop-up <laughs> That's plants. That's right. Today. And he has a plant truck. And when things get back up and rolling again, there are plants, really plants in a big old truck. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, when when things get rolling again, we'll bring you back and we'll talk about rolling that truck out. How about that? Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Peggy. Always Thanks, a Tony. pleasure, Tony. And we'll let you go now. Let's uh, let's go to uh, Breck Bounds. Is, uh, are you there, Breck? Yeah, good morning. Hi, Breck. Is, did I pronounce it right? Is it Boons, Bounds? It's Bounds, like out Bounds. of Bounds. Okay. We're, we're, getting, yeah. we're getting all our names set today. And <laughs> uh, Breck works with City Grange as an avid educator. Um, she's uh, She has a BA in Environmental Studies, an MS in Sustainable Food Systems, and is certified in permaculture design. And had the Chicago Flower and Garden Show been held this week, you would have been out there teaching people about seeds. So we're going to give them a quick nine minute course in seed starting. And before you do that, I have to just hold up my little seed here, uh, which you can see. Oh uh, yeah. looks good. It's a garden gem. Yeah, hold, tomato. hold it in front of your shirt. It's easier to see the tomato. Oh, oh, all right. Well, I, I'd have to do this. Oh, there there you go. Go. <laughs> it's a garden gem uh, tomato that uh, we got from uh, Dr. Harry Klee at the university of Florida. I love the tomatoes that he has put together. I just uh, planted garden gems yesterday. You inspired uh, me. So there we go. Uh, and I've got, I've got beets going and I've got uh, kale. I know Peggy, you have some chard going as well, right? Chard, chard kale, a couple peppers. Uh, and where's ours are in Dixie Cups. Is that a great place to, to start, Breck, Breck rather? Um, so here's what I'll say. In times like this, you can start them wherever. 
Oh, ow, ow, you're hurting me here. Okay. Um, All right. What, what would you do? You're the expert. Yeah. So, um, Dixie cups are a great place to start, especially, um, especially for hobbyists. I, I think it's good. You just want to make sure there's a drainage hole in the bottom. Oh, we we took all the Dixie Cups, three holes with a skewer. For, uh, it's actually a meat skewer from a barbecue, and we go whoop, 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 and we put the holes in there. Yeah, I like it. So I can show you what I use. I put it too far away from me. Hold on. Um, I use, it's a set of cells. Okay. You can see this, and it sits inside another little thing. Can you guys see that on the screen? Yeah, it looks great. Yeah. So I use that. Um, I like those a lot because you can water from the bottom. So you put the water in the bottom and then it uh, comes up through the bottom of the cell and it doesn't disturb the seeds or upset their forming root systems. Um, and if you have a cup like your Dixie cup, you can set that in a plate or a bowl and put water in that as well to get that same effect. So um I think there's lots of options. I also uh, have been talking to people that have started seeds in egg cartons and all sorts of different stuff. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of options for seeds or for starting. And how should you uh, prep the container? How should you clean it before you plant your seeds? Um, so I usually just do a really good rinse with water and um, then let it sit. Uh, so it's totally dried out. Make sure there's everything. I clean those, those off. I'll clean them off when I move things outside. Um, but if you're worried about it being uh, dirty or having any sort of disease, you can also do a vinegar solution. Okay, I think uh, Tony, Tony, you need to hang up uh, your uh, your. No, that's Randall. Oh, is that Randall? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay, I thought it was Tony. I because I also saw Tony up there too. So you you clean the uh, stuff. What about your uh, seed mix? Now, folks should know that there are. Uh, what we call soilless mixes, and some are specifically seed starter mixes. Do you think there's a real difference between your average soilless mix and a seed starter, what they call a seed starter mix? Um, so here's what I'll say. I think that um, you should do what works for you. Um, I've had success with a wide variety of starting mediums. Um, everything from just a plain potting soil to the more like soilless stuff to those little jiffy pots that blow up, you know, mm. I've had success with all of them. And um, I just want people to feel like they can start seeds with what they've got. Okay. Now choosing seeds were, if you, if you're like me, I got 10 years worth of seeds sitting in my basement <laughs> and, uh, and in various, you know, and in boxes and in plastic containers, um, a lot of the seeds, well, some of the seeds we planted here are years old and they're still germinating. I should let people know that seeds are viable for a long time, aren't they? They are. It depends on the type of plant, how long the seeds will be viable. Um, so things like um, peppers, they're going to have viability for a little bit longer than some of the herbs. But um, in general, if you're worried about seed viability, you can do a viability test, which is super easy. You just put them on a wet towel in a warm spot and see if they sprout. And if folks are not like me and they don't have a lot of seeds there, what are they going to do right now since they can't get out to go to stores to buy seeds? Cause I'm assume that's not essential. What are you telling people? Um, so you can order seeds online. 
Um, there's a ton of places that if um, any of you have ever gotten a seed catalog, those places will ship seeds directly to your door. I personally love Seed Savers Exchange. They have tons of great, interesting heirloom options. And I put in an additional order uh, just uh, this past week after um, after realizing it was going to get a little bit tougher to get out. So um uh, they might take a little bit longer right now. I know Seed Saver sent out an email saying that they're really trying to be very mm-hmm. careful with their staff, but you will get seeds if you order them online. That's yeah. good to know. In fact, uh, I'm going to make a request to the folks watching us on Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, send us a note if you've uh, contacted various seed companies and what are you hearing from them? Do they have things in stock? Are they able to get the seeds out? Are they like Seed Savers? Are they being really careful about it. Uh, we would like to know, and then we can disseminate that information, perhaps even by the end of uh, this first hour today, or even the end of the show. Yeah. Um, I know I've gotten from um, Johnny's and Territorial that they're running behind. Yeah. Yeah, that, that wouldn't surprise me a bit that all of them are running behind, but that's good because it means people are ordering their seats. Um, all right. Uh, is there anything you wanted to show us? We got about maybe two and a half minutes here. Uh, anything in particular that you wanted to show us, uh, Breck, because you said you might have some uh, tips, tricks, and troubleshooting. Yeah, so there's a couple things that I wanted to show that I thought might be interesting for people who are trying to make do. Um, the first thing is um, this paper pot. It's made out of newspaper, but you can make it out of any paper. Um, and it's just a little square, and it's, you know, a little, like, two and a half inches around. And um, this is something you can make. It's great to do with kids if you've got kids mm-hmm. at home. It's how, how do you do little- that? How do you do origami pot? Um, So um, the best place for you to do this, because I actually couldn't figure out how to do (laughs) set my computer up to show you a little tutorial is um, to actually probably do a Google and you can just Google like paper pots instructions. There's tons of videos and they come in, you know, they're different sizes based on the paper, but it's really pretty easy. It's just a series of like 12 folds. So I just wanted to show this to people so that they would know they could do it. It's fun project. That's great. And um, are you going to have that in a blog post? You said you're going to have a blog post up at citygrange.com. We actually are breaking it up into two parts. It'll be uh, one is uh, the equipment that you need. I talk a little bit about do you need lights? The answer is it'd be best if you did, but if you don't, we got options. Um, And um, so all the equipment stuff that you need. And then there's also one that's just sort of here are the steps. Well, I'll have you know, I talked to the folks at uh, uh, Happy Leaf LED. Uh, you can go to, yeah, give, give them a little ding. Um, <laughs> and they've got lights available right now. And if you don't have a good light at home, that's a great place to order because those lights are fantastic. I don't know if you've ever used them, Breck. I haven't used Happy Leaf specifically, but I've heard wonderful things. Uh, okay. You've got like uh, 30 seconds here. What else you want to tell us before we let you go? Um, I'm trying to think if what's, oh, you know, if you're a beginner, this is actually what I would say. If you're a beginner and you don't have a lot of equipment, you can start with uh, things like our brassicas. That's going to be kale, broccoli. Those types of things are a lot easier to start at home without light, without any heat force, any of that stuff. You can go ahead and pop those. All right. Rick Bounds, thank you so much. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back. Thank you. From small boat to your dinner table with a quick stop at your doorstep. 
The seafood at Sitka Salmon Shares comes from a collective of small boat fishermen who respect the ocean and its sea life. They're a community-supported fishery like your CSA. Instead of produce, they bring you responsibly harvested, wild-caught Alaskan seafood. The fish is in season and reflects the limits of nature. You even know who caught the fish. It's right on the box. Sign up today. I did. Use promo code Mike25 for $25 off your share. Go to SitkaSalmonShares.com. This is Peggy Malecki from the Smart Talk Radio Network. One of the best ways to help out during the COVID-19 crisis is to donate blood. It doesn't cost you anything but your time, and the good it will do is immeasurable. Right now, fewer people than ever are able to donate, which makes the need for blood greater than ever. Can you spare an hour? Contact the American Red Cross today to schedule an appointment. Go to redcross.org. This is Mike Novak. For weeks, Peggy and I have been talking about how easy it is to support clean energy thanks to Hero Power. And now they're backing that up by offering you $25 off to join the Hero Power Clean Energy Program. You get 100% of your electricity consumption matched with Green E certified renewable energy certificates every time you pay your electric bill. Plus, you'll never pay more than the ComEd rate. You'll know where your money is going without extra costs or termination fees. Your bill doesn't change. Your service doesn't change. You still pay the ComEd basic electric rate. Sign up in less than two minutes and Hero Power will handle the rest. Plus, you can get a $25 credit off your first bill when you sign up and mention that you heard about Hero Power on the Mike Novak Show. Support clean energy now at MyHeroPower.com. I switched. You should too. Go to MyHeroPower.com. Often, you gotta do it every now and then because Mark Zuckerberg doesn't care if we play that on Facebook. <laughs> and uh, and spe- <laughs> that's what I'm trying to do. My whole, you know, my whole life has become figuring out what music Mark Zuckerberg isn't going to mute uh, when we post it on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I hope he's, I hope he's sleeping in today. Yeah, I always uh, dread when I get that little email. <laughs> and by the way, if if you're hearing this on the radio, you can go to Facebook and watch us live, or you can watch the video. Uh, after we're through here, it will be posted up there. Uh, give us a like, folks. Uh, it's going to help us stay on the air during this time of crisis. We are trying to do what we can for you uh, to get you good information, to keep you smiling a little bit on a Sunday morning. I know I, I don't, I'm not a Pollyanna, folks. All right. You, you know that if you've ever listened to the show, but there's some good that a lot of people can do. This is a time for us to help each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, help us out uh, and tell your friends. Go to Facebook. Give us a like. Go to YouTube and subscribe. That would be wonderful. We would love to have you uh, because we also do a live stream mm-hmm. on, I'm sorry, YouTube. Um, and sub- subscribe to the podcast. Off uh, or just go to MikeNovak.net, M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K.net, 
and uh, listen to the podcast from past shows. That said, we are moving on with the virtual Chicago Flower and Garden Show. That gets a, a two dings that we have Casey <laughs> Eves on the on the Zoom machine. Hi, Casey. How are you? I'm good, Mike. Good morning, Peggy. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. And thank you for having me. Uh, you are the owner of Vivant Gardening Services. Uh, you make gardening with edibles, natives, and pollinator plants approachable to, well, ordinary people, but restaurants, schools, and more. And today... Uh, one of uh, my favorite topics is edibles that are perennials. Would you explain what that's all about? Absolutely. At a time where we're looking at our home gardens out our windows, right, and staring at it from inside, we're planting our gardens for the season. Adding some perennial edibles into the mix is a one-time planting that can feed your family mm -hmm. for generations in some cases, right? Um, and so bringing those into your mix now, you can do it in a beautiful way for your home landscape. Keep it very low maintenance so you can give those tomatoes all the attention that they need as the, as the summer progresses. <laughs> well, that's true because uh, at some point, if you get it done, you get a start right the perennials kind of take care of themselves don't they where annuals they're each year you got to get out they put the seed in and then you got to maintain them during their one uh bit of growth their their lifetime mm -hmm. during one growing season but perennials they keep coming back they do. And there are some amazing low maintenance perennial edibles for our region of the country, which is quite nice. Some of them are ones that you've never seen in a grocery store, but can thrive in your backyard in any number of soil conditions, water conditions, um, and can really serve you well for that. Well, let's get into some of those. What are, what Absolutely. are some of your favorites? I would love to share some of my favorites with you. One of them that ends up in a lot of clients' yards when they ask me to help out with planting their edibles is something that we like to call a June berry. Um, it's also known as a service berry. For those of you tuning in online, you can see some images here. Um, these are beautiful plants. They can literally grow in swamp or desert at this point. Um, and they've also been the key source of vitamin C for most of our ancestors. If you were wondering how people avoided scurvy before Florida oranges made it around the country, this plant is the one that helped you out through it. It puts I off a beautiful. That. That's, yeah. that's a wow. bit of information. Okay. I looked it up one day because I was very, very curious about it. I just couldn't realize how without citrus fruit in our area, we were getting the vitamin C intake we needed. And this is the plant that did it. Um, they're also known as a service berry. And a lot of you might have them in your home landscapes without even knowing it um, because it is such a beautiful landscape plant. It provides spring white blossoms very early in the season, beautiful berries in June, hence the name June berry, and then scarlet foliage in the fall. Um, for those of you who have been dying to grow blueberries, um, which is a very high maintenance plant for our area, right? Oh, yeah. Our clay yeah. alkaline soil can't take it. This is the alternative for it. It can swap out for blueberries in almost any any recipe and in fact it's actually sweeter and juicier it tastes a bit like a blueberry and a white plum had a baby here's the problem there's a couple problems uh one you talk about blueberries and people listening in other parts of the country might say well what's the problem well in the chicago area as as uh, uh casey said we have uh clay alkaline soil which they hate they want yeah. acidic, they want acidic soil and they want very acidic soil so i always they love people, those yeah, they love those coastal climates where there's lots of sand to give them proper drainage and a lot of pines and Douglas firs and things that are growing nearby to get that acidity. Well, the tip for growing uh, blueberries in Illinois, of course, is uh, to move to Michigan. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> 
absolutely. Because Michigan <laughs> has that, all right, yeah. over there. In a lot of other parts uh, of the country where you might be listening, you might be able to grow blueberries. We can't do it very well here. So Amelanchier, and that's the uh, the genus of the berries uh, that uh, that Casey's talking about, is a wonderful substitute. The problem is the birds get to those berries before I do in my yard. Sometimes you do have to give a good battle. You can put in a couple plants, provide a decent bird buffet in another part of your yard and hope for the best. You could net them if you wanted to, but we're going for low maintenance here, right? Yeah. This is a plant that you're going to plant once. You'll mulch it in spring to keep down the weeds so you don't have to be weeding all the time. And then you'll prune suckers after year three, maybe in springtime. Um, so you're wanting to get a lot of bang for your buck. This is a good way to do it and build a lot of resiliency in your yard at the same time. Right. And you've got some, uh, you had some other plants. Yeah. So cornelian there. cherries and currants up there. Cornelian yeah. cherry. I'm kind of surprised because aren't those berries? I have a cornelian cherry. And again, I leave those berries to the birds. And I think the squirrels eat a lot of them as well. Can't blame them. If something's delicious, they're going to go for it, right? Yeah. <laughs> a cornelian cherry is actually not even in the cherry family, which is kind of su a surprise to a lot of people. It's actually a dogwood. Um, and that really speaks a lot to its hardiness as well as to its capability to put on a good show in a home landscape. It will develop a cherry that's just a little bit larger than your thumb. Um, and it will have a decent sized pit to it, but it will have a very similar flavor profile to the sour cherries that you would expect. That's why those squirrels go crazy for it. Um, <laughs> They make wine out of it, I think. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. The beauty of these plants as well is that those fruits are a little bit smaller. So you get a little bit less of the drunk animal situation going on in your yard. They break <laughs> down really fast. Um, you know, you might not be able to start a YouTube channel of, of drunk moose, but, you know, you'll be able to go with it. In your what own about uh, drunk chipmunks? Yeah, right. <laughs> Pardon? What about sour cherries and raspberries? Sour cherries and raspberries are also great. Raspberries can take a variety of soil of soil types and they can do okay in part shade. You'll get more fruit if you're in full sun. Um, and sour cherries are also great. The beauty of all these fruits that we've just mentioned to people who are listening in is that they're also self-pollinating. You're not needing to put a male plant and a female plant around the yard. Um, the reason that I lean a little bit more towards a cornelian cherry instead of a regular sour cherry is there's a little bit more disease resistance. Um, sour mm -hmm. cherries can have an aphid problem. They can get powdery mildew easily. You can combat that in the springtime, you know, with maybe a dormant spray or with some other measures. Um, but you'll find that the cornelian cherry might give you a little bit more of a show, a little bit less maintenance. It just depends on how much time you're willing to put into it. Okay. I'm going to sucker punch you with a question here. Bring it. I'm ready. Okay. We are in uh, difficult times here. Do you have any idea whether people can order these plants online? I actually did check the Stark Nurseries website the other day. Being a girl from the St. Louis area, I do have a, a small spot in my heart for them and being in Missouri. Um, and they do hey, seem to still be shipping and doing mail order. We got a couple yeah. of stations in Missouri that I hope are listening to this. Hi, St. Louis. Hi, Missouri. Hang in there with your own <laughs> shelter in place. <laughs> I know there's a couple of smaller nurseries out of Michigan that I've gotten emails from as well. The carry Absolutely. local. Yeah, so they're all many... trying to keep up. And uh, you can order, have the tree delivered, and get it in your yard and get up to speed right away. 
You can. A lot of these perennial fruits, especially, you can get young and you can even order as bare root in order to get them going in your yard a little quicker. Mm -hmm. And that can all be done through the U.S. Postal Service, which is still running. Bless them. Okay, we got less than two minutes here. Let's get real quick into alliums, garlic, onions, shallots, chives, those. Let's do it, right? There's so much to share. Um, Alliums are a wonderful addition to your perennial garden. I planted a full perennial allium garden a couple years ago just to try them all out. And these were my favorites. For those of you turning online, you can see some of the images for this. But we're talking about walking onions, garlic chives, elephant garlic, and shallots. With the exception of garlic chives, which you trim from the top, the rest of them you're going to kind of treat as if it was a daylily that you're dividing, right? You're going to go into the fall, wait for some of that foliage to die back, dig them up, take what you want, plant the rest for the following year. Um, My favorite trick for all the home gardeners there is to put these in with your wildflowers and your perennial beds. These are things that you're gonna leave all year round. You're gonna mulch them in spring to keep the weeds down or in the fall. Um, And other than that, you're gonna let them go and take them as you need them. So these are all easy ones that you can get started. And All right, we gotta let it go at that. Thank you so much, Casey Eves. Go to vivantgardens.com. We'll do more soon. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Did you know that a running toilet can waste up to 200 gallons of water per day? In the Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. Water is a precious and vital resource, and 750 million people on this planet don't have access to safe, clean water. So let's not waste what we have, okay? According to the EPA, we lose over 1 trillion gallons of water a year to household leaks. So let's fix those leaky faucets, folks. While you're at it, consider installing a low-flow showerhead and a low-flow toilet. And maybe sing a shorter song when you're in the shower, because Americans also use 1.2 trillion gallons of water just showering every year. Just saying. I'm Green Diva Meg. Find more useful Green Diva podcasts, videos, and of course, lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green at thegreendivas.com. This is Mike Novak on the Smart Talk Radio Network with an important message about coronavirus. As we work to slow the spread of COVID-19, it's also important to take care of our animal companions, have extra food and medication on hand, and create a plan for taking care of your pets if you should get sick. Pet support services are more important than ever. Check with your local shelter or rescue to help them with a donation. Consider fostering or adopting a pet. We're all in this together. Go to humanesociety.org. This is Mark Dvorak, and you're getting environmentalism, gardening, green living, local food information, and sometimes even humor, sometimes musical humor, on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki every Sunday morning from 9 to 11 a.m. on WCGO Radio 1590 and 95.9. Farm Forward is helping to change the way our world eats and farms to promote conscientious food choices, reduce farmed animal suffering, and advance sustainable agriculture. We are changing policy, changing farming, and changing the story by working with farmers to build alternatives that put animals, farmers, and communities first. To learn more about Farm Forward's work to end animal suffering and advance sustainable agriculture, visit www.farmforward.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter and find out what you can do to help. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Farm Forward. Slug by slug, weed by weed, boy this garden's got me deep. 
All the insects come to feed in my tomato plants. Sunburn fades. Yeah, that's what it's like in the, in your garden. Uh, it's not in Where's the chipmunks? Where's the chipmunks, though? Well, they're at your house. Aren't you know. looking for the chipmunks right now, Peggy? I haven't seen one this morning. We're expecting snow. They're smart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's like, like we need that right now, some snow. Let's add some snow. By the way, i got to tell you, I'm looking at the box here, and you can't see them if you're watching on Facebook or, or the used tubes. Um, Tony Abruscato hovering over us like a deer. <laughs> Uh, oh, th- I think we popped him up there. Thank you. There he is, yep. Uh, and uh, he never went away. The director of the Chicago Flower and Garden Show is looking over us uh, as we do the virtual Chicago Flower and Garden Show on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And this is, uh, I'm having a great time, and I hope folks listening are as well. Uh, next up on the program, and we've been uh, battling with her name all morning now. <laughs> and that is, let's see if I get it right. Marcia Lautinen Raleigh. How are we, Marcia? Oh, that is absolutely excellent, Mike. Thank you oh, very woo-hoo! much. Oh, give me, you get a ding. I get, <laughs> Thank I get, you. I get a beer ding for that. And uh, Marcia has been, uh, well, she's uh, the owner of Backyard Patch Herbs. And, and again, all the links for this, if you're listening today and you go, ah, how do I find these people? How do I write this down? You don't have to write it down. Go to my nope. blog at MikeNovak.net, M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K.net. All of the information is there. Backyard Patch Herbs is based in uh, the Chicago suburbs. And you're a fancy gal. You've been listed as a best of the best in the Northern Illinois Library Association. You're a regular contributor to the Essential Herbal Magazine. Um, we've got your blog up there, but if folks want to go to it right away, it's backyardpatch.blogspot.com. Uh, Marcia, welcome to the virtual Chicago Flower and Garden Show. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate being here, Mike and Peggy. I uh, watch your show on Facebook every uh Every month, or every sorry, every week. Oh, and, thank you, thank you. <laughs> every month, you know, if I had more people watch every month, I'd be the happiest guy. <laughs> just think of all the extra time you'd have. I mean, all the just, just get get them for just once a month. That's great. I'm fine. Uh, Alrighty. <laughs> but we are on weekly, just so you know, uh, Marcia. So you've got a really short time here. What were you going to show people at the Chicago Flower and Garden Show? Well, my program was about blending herbs, and the key with blending herbs is that you have to uh, think about the fact that these are ways to enhance what you're doing. Uh, It's like mixology, so you're mixing your herbs into your uh, foods with your meat or your vegetables and bringing everything together, and the way in which you accomplish that is to figure out for your palate what works. Do you have uh, spicy herbs, uh, savory herbs, sweet herbs? And then you just take all of those and you put them uh, on, like take a sheet of paper and fold it into thirds and write across the top sweet, savory, pungent, and then pick up the herbs and really sniff them. Uh, If you've got old herbs in your cabinet, you just want to sprinkle them into your hand, rub them with your fingers, and then sniff. If it doesn't smell like anything, you got to toss it out. It's already. No. No. I know that's going to use three times the amount. (laughs) No, it still doesn't work. If it doesn't smell like anything, it's grass clippings. Ah, that's a shame because what I'm anticipating here are a lot of people 
who have uh, a lot of herbs that they've been kicking around. And I was thinking, here's your chance. We've got Marcia on the program and you can take those herbs and, and you've always wanted to experiment. You said, oh, I don't have the time. Well, now you're locked in at home and you can experiment all you want. But as you say, it has to smell like something. Right. It does have to smell like something, but it's up to you and your palate whether it works for you flavor-wise. So you want to decide, is it sweet, is it savory, is it pungent? Pungent would be things like rosemary and sage, mm-hmm. which are right in your face. Uh, whereas the uh, sweeter herbs would be like dills and mints and some of the lemons or the floral uh, flavors. And then you have things like oregano and thyme that are savory. And so you divide your herbs into those categories and then you start blending them together. Well, this this sounds like a good time to bring in the chart, which I'm going to share here and hope I can get rid of it when we need to. Uh, I popped up, if for those of you watching on Facebook and uh, the YouTube's live, uh, your rules about uh, you got tea rules and blend rules. Go, go through that a, a little bit. Well, with tea, you want to add in some floral flavors. So you have your pungents, your savories, and your sweets, but then you add in things like roses and hibiscus and lavender, which would all give you some of those floral hints that you like in a good tea. Whereas when you're blending for savory purposes, for cooking purposes, then you lock, you take the flowers out with the exception of things like lavender, which are always, which is always good to cook with. Um, so the rule is start with three. So you can choose one sweet, one savory, one pungent. You can do two sweets and a savory, two savories and a sweet. Uh, never do two pungents together, though. <laughs> don't play well in the sandbox. Uh, yeah, I, I can understand why that might cause a problem. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so once you blend them together, then try out your blend in some cream cheese. If you like mm. it in cream cheese, you're going to love it on your chicken. You're going to love it on your vegetables. And you just kind of mix them together and experiment around with your own personal flavor. Uh-huh. But, but what's, your, what's your favorite? What do you My recommend? favorite blend is a little bit of thyme, a little bit of savory, which is an herb, and then just a touch of dill to give it some sweetness. And I put that into cream cheese and have it on my toast in the morning. Sounds yummy. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I want to get this in because it was 1 a.m. Uh, this morning uh, when I was putting the blog together finally, and uh, but I came up with a, what I thought was a brilliant phrase to to uh, about our times, which is uh, when life hands you garlic, make a pungent herbal infusion. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. I thought that was pretty good All for right, 1 a.m. So. But that, you know, because you taught me something, I had no idea there was the sweet, savory, and pungent. Uh, and I should stop the share here uh, so we can see our faces again. Uh, I had no idea that it went into those categories. So you've, you've taught me something this morning and probably a lot of people. Well, it's kind of fun because you can like use it in a variety of different ways. So you can put it into, you can put the herbs into vinegar and let them steep. And then you've got a flavored vinegar you can cook with. You can blend the herbs together and put them into a honey. And then you've, you've got a flavored honey that you can put into your tea, or you can actually blend the herbs together and brew yourself a tea. I made one special. I Uh call it uh the uh, mike nowak show tea and it's got <laughs> just a little pink and just a little uh spice to it because it has some uh lemongrass in it wow Wonderful. that looks great now how do i get it over here yeah how do we get a sample 
I'll send I, I, you some. <laughs> uh, will you please? That would just be terrific. Well, we've got like 20 seconds. What tip would you give people in 20 seconds? Don't be afraid of herbs. They're not hard to cook with. Herbs are easy. They're simple to use. And if you don't like it, cook it a little longer and the flavor will disappear if you happen to actually put too much in. Uh, Marcia Lautinen Raleigh, thank you so much for being on the show. Tony, I wanted to give you uh, like 10 seconds of final words here since you're still online with us. Oh, well, thanks so much, Mike. I appreciate it. You know, the, the, the three people you had on today were just an example, as you know, year in and year out of all the seminars that we have. Captain's Log, Stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Worf. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Sound red alert. Shields up. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe? Author of my favorite children's stories. Captain, I am attempting to access a copy of the masterpiece. Hmm, it seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. 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 Yes, Mr. Watt. Yes, Captain. AroundTheBlockPress.com. How many times can I say it? Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We are hunkered down in our respective abodes and happy to be here with you uh, on the radio. I uh, hope you're streaming live at MikeNovak.net. You can always do it there if you want to get an internet connection. Mm-hmm. However, we also have live streaming video on Facebook, on uh, Periscope, which is Twitter, which, and I know we have a couple of. Yeah. Uh, people who love to watch us on Twitter, go figure. And, uh, and uh, because they say it's easy. It's uh, on their phone and they're okay, this is great. Hey, why not? And, and we're course, on YouTube. We're on YouTubes as well. And uh, thanks for everyone who's watching. we got a lot of people watching us and sharing this morning. Oh, I, see, I haven't even been. I, I got in trouble last week when I tried to multitask <laughs> and go on to Facebook. So I'm, I'm not even looking yeah, at it. Yeah, we don't let you near it to this, this morning. <laughs> I'm just doing radio. Let's just, <laughs> let's just get to the basics here. I just need to do the basics, which is radio. And you can handle all that stuff. And I know uh, we've got Kayla and possibly Hannah out there helping us out. And Andrew Marshall, who's uh, not, not in the studio today because we got Randall and we kudos to Randall. Um, one of the things we'll say about WCGO is that they've adopted safe practices now. They have a skeleton crew. Randall's working 72 hours a day. Um, mm. I don't know how he does it, um, but uh, there he is. And uh, we appreciate uh, getting this uh, show up and running, and it's been uh, smooth as silk. Uh, you know, because after last week, which uh, was a little bumpy, but uh, here we are. Uh, and 
So we started the first hour with the virtual Chicago Flower and Garden Show, which was a way, practical advice, but fun uh, about your own garden, getting out and doing your own stuff. However, uh, most of you are not going to grow enough food in your own backyard to keep you sustained. Some of you will. And I'm amazed at some of the gardens I've seen in the city of Chicago, especially through the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards, uh, which eh, is kind of on the back burner right now for 2020. Uh, but we have judged a lot of gardens in the city, and it's amazing the stuff that people can grow. However, mm-hmm. people need to eat. And this this and conversation – yeah, and eat safely. And this conversation in the uh, first half hour of this 10 o'clock hour um, is about food safety. So, and I got to stop emphasizing things by hitting the table because, again, we've got the, <laughs> the seasick motion here. Uh, so, we have Liz Moran Stelk on the Zoom line, the executive director of the Illinois Stewardship Alliance. And I was thinking about her from the get go. Uh, as this crisis, the coronavirus crisis unfolded, uh, and then I got this amazing email from the Illinois Stewardship Alliance, and I, I have to tell you a story. I'm up at one o'clock last night, as I mentioned in the first hour, putting the blog together, and I send this email to Liz, and I said, "Oh, you sent us this great email, but it's not. You didn't have a um, um, an internet link to it, and." So that's interesting. And folks, this is a, here's a, here's something a little, um, are we okay, Randall? All right. That was 60. Oh, 60 folks who are doing this. Uh, you know what? I'll get to that later. Uh, so anyway, she responds to me at like one twelve and says, here, I gave you the link. So I've got the link on, on my blog post. So thank you, Liz Moran Stelk from, uh, the Illinois Stewardship Alliance. Also on the zoom, Jen and Jeff Miller, they operate Prairie Wind Family Farm. It's a 40-acre USDA-certified organic farm in Grays Lake, Illinois. Uh, I know we just have uh, a few seconds left here, so I, I'm just doing the introductions. And what I'm going to say is when we come back with these folks, we're going to be talking about the safety of your food. How do you get local food? Is local food going to survive in the era of coronavirus? It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And we will be right back. Stick around. When it comes to tree care, it's all about the science. Well, there's love and history and family, too. But you definitely want the best science for your trees. That's why you should contact Bartlett Tree Experts at Bartlett.com. With 120 offices around the world, including Canada, England, and Ireland, Bartlett is the largest residential tree care firm in the world. Their work is backed by the science of the Bartlett Research Laboratories in North Carolina. They pioneered integrated pest management or IPM in the 1970s, introduced the first organic fertilizer, and now Bartlett is the first and only tree care company to research the benefits of biochar on urban soils and tree health. At the same time, they're focused on you and your needs, meaning that they'll do the right thing for your tree and you. Put science to work for your trees. Get a free estimate today because every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. 
Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook and YouTube at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike Now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. We're also at TheGreenDivas.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on the Smart Talk Radio Network. Podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. Sign up to get our newsletter on the homepage and support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. Do you love trees? Do you have a great story to tell about a special tree in your life? The Morton Arboretum and Openlands have partnered to launch Tremendous Tree Stories, an online collection of stories highlighting people's connection to trees. Submit stories of the trees you cherish, remember from childhood, or that hold a special meaning for you. Browse the collection and consider sharing your own tree story by visiting tree-stories.org. Tree-stories.org. That song is never going to be zapped by Mark Zuckerberg on Facebook. And you know why? I found it this week. Uh, you know, and you stumble across these things on the inner tubes. And um, that's a song from the 80s that is the mysterious Internet song that nobody knows who recorded. And apparently it was recorded like 1984. <laughs> and it's been making the rounds for 30 years. Uh, and nobody can identify who did it. So there are no rights attached to it. <laughs> perfect perfect I love it I may just play that for every bump every single one there you go uh, I, and when I saw that I went oh yeah I'm playing that song now it sounds like it's it's a generic song but oh well uh I like it uh welcome back to the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki as I mentioned before the break we have um we have Liz Moran Stelk on the zoom line with us uh from the uh, Illinois Stewardship Alliance we have Jen and Jeff Miller from Prairie Wind Family Farm. Uh, Liz, I'm going to start with you. This is our serious segment about food security and food availability. And I know that the other day uh, you and I talked and you got on uh, a Zoom conference call with like 70 people who are movers and shakers and in on various food groups and organizations to discuss this very issue uh, obviously you can't break it all down, but you guys went up, you know, separated into different groups to talk about different issues. What were some of the key issues that came up during that conversation? Well, Mike, there's a lot of uncertainty for all of us right now, but there's definitely one thing that we know for sure, which is that each one of us has to do things differently in the coming weeks. You know, every, everybody's behaving differently because of social distancing, but also farmers and the local food community is adapting and trying to figure out how, how can we, instead of, um, how can we thrive during this time and come up with great solutions that help get the food that, uh, that farmers are growing into the hands of the people that need it most. And that means that we have to quickly come up with solutions like online farmers markets, uh, farmers markets, you know, adapting the way that they do their business. Um, farmers have to change what they're planting. There's all sorts of things that, and all of it has to be communicated quickly, as quickly as we can. But it also means that the people, if you, your choices matter now more than they ever have to buy local. Well, that's a, okay, yeah. let's get right into that then, because what I'm concerned about, we just had a lockdown in Illinois yesterday. All right. Supermarkets are still open. 
People can get food at a supermarket. They can have it delivered. Uh, Kathleen and I just did uh, or had an order placed, which is, you know, not going to come for four days because that's how backed up they are. Um, but I know that this should be a time when local food is more important than ever. We have talked for years about how we need to stop tra- bringing in all this food. Mm-hmm. You know, there several years ago, five, six, seven, uh, uh, ten years ago, there was this uh, uh, meme about how Illinois is so food insecure that if we, if the New Madrid fault gave way and the bridges collapsed, we couldn't get food into Illinois because it travels 1,400 miles to get here. A lot of it does. Um, now we're at a point where we've got a, a lot of local industry here, people growing food, and I'm afraid that we're going to rely on the 1,400 mile food that that's in yeah, the supermarket rather than shortening the food chain. It's it seems like a contradiction. It's just mind-boggling so are you addressing that at all and are the smaller farmers going to be able to get out there and uh ply their trade and deliver their food without being um subjected to shutdowns from the state government yeah we think so i mean everything we've read um from the governor's orders is that farmers agriculture and markets will are essential services that are going to stay open as long as grocery stores are open so we we're confident that um you know that farmers can continue operating the question is are folks going to quickly adapt and take on some especially technology that some farmers have been reticent and some food businesses have been reticent to to adopt and the real question is like how quickly can we get folks to do things differently and how can they sustain themselves? A lot of the things that we heard on Friday were farmers saying, you know, I'm exhausted. I'm, you know, growing everything we can on my farm. And now I also have to change everything about how I deliver. One of the farmers has spent 12 hours in his car delivering food. Those are inefficiencies that none of us can afford. So we're trying to figure out what are the, um, what are the things we can adopt right away to really meet what people want, which is convenience, quick, safe, good, good food, and they want to be able to order it online. So we're doing all of that. In fact, I'm excited. I know, Mike, you're going to share with folks the links for how they can find lots of local food. Well, I can, I can tell folks they can go to my website, mikenovak.net. And if they go to the blog post and I'm doing that. And I'll put it up on Facebook too. Yeah. Let's put this post up there. It is. Hannah, if you could do that as well, please. Yeah, you scroll down, and what I write there is, uh, let me find it here. Okay, great. Um, uh, of course, I can't find it right now. Um, the Great Lit, the farmers. Oh, yeah. Um, the what? The Great List. And, and I can't see it. Why can't I see it? Okay, of course it's- I can't find it. Well, I'll post it anyways. All right. Yeah, please, please do. Cause uh, there was a great list, fantastic list that the Illinois farmers market association uh, put up. Uh, you know, I got a feeling that I didn't refresh the page and that's probably why I can't see it. Cause I added that in at 1am from you. So let's go to Jen and Jeff. Uh, all right. You guys are out there doing your organic farm and uh, are you concerned that you're not going to be able to get your food out to the public? Not really. I mean, we have, um, we've been delivering food to people for 14 years. We've been farming for 14 years now. Uh, we've been going to farmer's markets 
and we've been doing our community supported agriculture program for that long. Um, and that means that we're delivering food every week and every other week throughout the Chicagoland area. So we already have some of the infrastructure in place to deliver food. Um, right now we're delivering to about 14 different communities. Um, and we also have some on-farm sales. But what we were planning earlier this year was to expand our on-farm sales. And that is something that has really come to the fore in terms of being even more important. Uh, we've seen a huge increase in demand in terms of what we have for sale right now in our um, our little honor box store, which is primarily eggs, honey, and jams. And so we'd like to expand that so that people have the availability, or I'm sorry, the the access that they need to the food that we produce. And we would sell more of that in our on-farm store. So um, we are adapting to this new situation. Uh, we are doing home deliveries next week of our winter shares. Uh, originally, we were planning to deliver to pickup sites where people would come and pick up the produce themselves. But we really felt it was important to um, deliver to individuals' homes and keep them safe. And so uh, we are... Um, kind of doing a bit of a triage, myself, Jeff, others on our farm crew, even some volunteers are going to help us deliver those shares. Um, and we just feel it's so important that we show people that local food is possible to access, and we really depend on that support to keep our business going. Well, doesn't that cut into your bottom line? It does, but honestly, it's an investment in what we want to do in the future. I mean, it does cost us money to get the food out via home delivery, but allowing people that access now will allow them to try to cook more in their homes and potentially become more used to cooking food. I think that's a, a huge stumbling block for people is just sometimes not knowing what to do with all the food. They feel like they might be wasting the food. Yeah. And so if we can actually help to connect people to food right now, and offer them cooking ideas. Um, you know, even if we are, we were talking last night about doing some Zoom cooking tips. Oh, perfect. If we can offer people the ability to learn in this time, they might um, continue that relationship with local food. And that's what we really like. We want local food to be the new normal. Uh, and a lot of uh, farms are trying to do the same. By the way, your, your spring CSA, from what I understand, is that sold out? It is. It is. We've uh, extended ourselves a little bit on that one. We were sold out actually about a week ago, uh, but we've left it open and we have seen about a hundred percent increase in sales. Um, wow. What we had seen this week last year, yeah. um, just because of what people are really um, waking up to in that they really want to make sure that the food that they're accessing is safe local and nutritious and that's that and, gets to the point and i was going to say and you have eggs and other things too for people beyond just produce that's true that's true we have um fresh local eggs um in the summertime we offer fresh fruit through um, a partnership a long-time partnership we've had with farmers out of michigan and so what we try to do is keep alive those partnerships with other farmers so we can bring other farmers produce to our csa members introduce our CSA members to other farmers and potentially offer them the ability to buy more of other farmers' produce. So the more that we can introduce people to all these outlets of food that they can get, uh, the better we feel about building our, our local food system. Which takes us to the idea of CSAs. Uh, and I would expect a lot of people right now to be jumping on CSAs, community-supported agriculture, and ordering a CSA because then they know that their food is grown locally, it's grown fresh, and it doesn't touch as many hands on the way to them. And that's why I would say 
uh, a local food is might be more i know and, and i don't have numbers to back this up and liz maybe you can help me a little bit on this and maybe jen and jeff can as well is local food from a, a local farmer a csa or even a uh a, a farmer's market isn't that a little bit safer than from a supermarket we feel like it is yeah just to your point that it's touched so many fewer hands you know there we have a small team here working with us and the food goes straight from our farm to a person's hand, whether we're dropping off of their front porch or they're coming to a, a pickup site, you know, it's not stopping at a distribution facility and then moving on to a store and so on. It's going straight from us to another person. And just that step alone, we feel like makes it quite a bit more safe. Yeah. And, and uh, like the, go ahead. The risks for small businesses, for small farm businesses are so much greater than they are, you know, for grocery stores, right? Their whole business model is based on feeding people in their own community. Mm -hmm. If they were to get people in their own community sick, they're going to take every measure to avoid that because their business relies on people they know. And we've seen, you know, um, certainly larger, but we're lucky to have one of the safest food supplies in the world, but there are brands who caused, um, you know, unsafe food. And they're still surviving today. And so um, there's a much more accountability at the local level. If someone at a farmer, if a farmer at a farmer's market got people sick, then there is in the, in the food supply chain now. Okay. So this is something that people need to get into their heads is that they can get fresh produce. They can get it grown locally. They can support local farmers. They can have food that might be safer. And again, we don't have specific numbers on this, but I, I agree with Jeff. If there are fewer people touching it, I mean, if it comes out of his field, one person touches it, it goes into the box. If you go to a grocery store, you don't know who's put their hands on it. Now, that being said, Peggy and I talked about an article from a European agency that said there's really no indication right now that food passes along the disease. Um, but they touch other things, you know, that you might get in a grocery store. It's, uh, and I'm not saying don't go to a grocery stores. Actually, I kind of am. My, my feeling is why would you do that? Why would you expose yourself to that? So what are the next steps, Liz, to, to get uh, more people to do this, to, to, to support their local farmers and CSAs? Uh, so there's options right now to find and buy local food. Um, so there's farmers markets, for instance, in Chicago that have that are not able to operate, but they're figuring out first how to reopen and then second, how to open online. So folks right now can go to chicagofarmersmarketcollective.org and they can actually order from farmers market vendors right online, which is incredible. You could use Irv and Shelley's Fresh Picks, freshpicks.com to get food ordered and delivered, local food. If you're in central Illinois, buy fresh by localcentralillinois.org, the Illinois Farmers Market Association. And I know, Mike, you're going to share. Well, and, and I found, and I, and, I, and I was right that I hadn't refreshed and I had changed it, you know, after you and I talked. So it's called Your Choice and Your Voice. Go to yeah. my blog. And when you see the, the link to your choice, and boy, if you got a lot of stuff on there, you've got access to local food, farmers markets, co-ops, CSAs. You even have information from Illinois Extension about how to plant your own garden. So it's got everything there. And we're going to get that link out far and wide because people need to have that information. Okay. We're just about out of time here. I just want to thank all of you for being on the show. Jeff and Jen Miller, good luck to you. Uh, keep the CSA going. Liz Moran-Stelk from Illinois Stewardship Alliance. Keep up the good work. We'll be back with Nature, the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back.
I'm Dr. Anthony Lizowitz, and this is Climate Connections. Diane White-Husick is a biology professor at Moravian College in Pennsylvania. She studies how climate change affects forest habitats in the mountains of Appalachia. And I had been thinking a long time about how to engage people in conversation about climate change in a state that has a long history of fossil fuel use, especially in rural areas where it's kind of controversial. So in 2010, Husick started the Eastern Pennsylvania Phenology Project. She asked local residents to submit data about when they saw certain flowers blooming, trees leafing out, and birds returning in the spring. I thought it might be interesting to think about what are people noticing in their backyards? Perhaps a way to start a conversation that wasn't politicized right from the beginning. She says the project helped her build relationships with local residents and organizations who now trust her expertise. She's been invited to speak to fishing and hunting groups. And she says people call her up to talk about what they're observing in the region. And they contact me to say, hey, I noticed this change. Do you think it's due to that stuff you work on? It's almost like they still won't say climate change, but they're talking about it and asking about it, which I think is a huge change from just a few years ago. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. This is Mike Novak from the Smart Talk Radio Network. One of the best ways to help out during the COVID-19 crisis is to donate blood. It doesn't cost you anything but your time. And the good it will do is immeasurable. Right now, fewer people than ever are able to donate, which makes the need for blood greater than ever. Can you spare an hour? Contact the American Red Cross today to schedule an appointment. Go to redcross.org. It's a, I, I don't, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, but I do not have my cardigan on. Um, I should have. It's up. Kathleen, get me the cardigan. Uh, never mind. Um, and, it, you know, there's a connection here because we know that Mr. Rogers now has uh, uh, COVID-19. That is to say Tom Hanks. Um, and uh, he's recovering. It seems like they're, they're doing fine. So that's, that's good to hear. But it's, it was weird because I ran across the song and I thought, okay, I'm going to play this because it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's going to snow today. But, ah, you know, as long as we're talking about nature and food. And I've got um, robins running around on the lawn outside my window. So, and, yeah. And chipmunks uh, riding on their backs. And it's really kind of fun. Uh, speaking of nature, this is the third element of our show today. Uh, we talked about growing food in your backyard and how you can do that and infuse herbs into your drinks, your teas, and to your dishes. And now, oh, and then we talked about how to buy, how to shop for food that keeps you sustained. Uh, you can grow it in your yard too, but you can all, you have to shop for it at some point as well, most people. Uh, and now we talk about nature because a week ago, what we were hearing is, as the coronavirus came in and before we had the stay in place order in Illinois and New York and California and now potentially other states, um, we were being told, well, the good way to stay healthy is go out in nature and go 
experience it. And now some of those places are being locked down too. Now, not everything's closed, but it's tricky. For instance, I got a, 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 an email from Will County. They've locked up the parking lot. They don't want dog walkers there anymore, but you can still access the forest preserves, which is sort of weird because some people need to drive to the forest preserves. Yeah. Otherwise they can't get there. Uh, in, in the Chicago region in Cook County, it's a lot easier for people to get to the forest preserves. You can bike there or you can walk there. Um, but all the facilities are shut down and museums are shut down, which brings us to our next guest, Sarah Anderson, who's the director of education at Chicago's Peggy Notabart Nature Museum. And you guys decided that, okay, folks still need to know about nature. Normally they come to the museum and they learn about butterflies and frogs and turtles and salamanders and whatever else is out there in nature. And you said, we're going to take it to your home. Tell us about that, Sarah. Good morning. Yes. Thank you so much for having the Nature Museum on your show today. Usually in the spring, the education department is so excited teaching all the school groups that come on field trips to the museum. But with our new situation, we as a whole museum really came together to think about how we can engage and support everyone as their home. So we're doing that through our daily wonder email that gets sent directly to your inbox. And it's a collaboration between our scientists, our um, external affairs team, and our education department, and our everyone that's focused on education to really support grown-ups and their kids asking questions and being curious about nature around them. Yeah, what it, it's called the Nature Museum comes to you. And uh, I found yeah. out about that because I got your email and you said, okay, we've shut down, but we're still going to be sending out information. And it's a, and it's a kind of a homeschooling, isn't it? Because you're, you're, you're sending out STEM lessons developed by the museum educators and scientists that parents, guardians, and caregivers can use. And what I was thinking was, it isn't just for the kids. I keep thinking the adults are going to get as much information out of this as the kids are. And color and the great coloring things you're sending out. I'm going to be doing that. Oh, so, okay. So Peggy's got her crayons out. Well, tell yep. me about the, uh, the educational material, Sarah. Yeah, it really is for all of us. And that's what we think about how science skills are really life skills. So if we're all asking questions and noticing what's happening around us, we can be learning science at every level and every day. So we're really thinking about kind of three main things that can help you with that science at home while you're there with your kids or just yourself or whoever is with you. And so we're thinking about making observations. So if you can make a routine out of looking out your window and noticing what's happening, spring is such a beautiful time to do that because mm -hmm. as you guys have been talking about, you're seeing the plants start to um, pop up out of ground. The trees are budding out. The birds are coming back. The squirrels are very active in lots of ways. So lots of fun things to observe out your window. Well, what I've been saying to some people, and I <laughs> see this is my dark side coming out, is uh, the plants are taunting us right now. Okay. They're saying, hey, we don't have a problem with coronavirus. We're going to pop up here. But actually, we can enjoy that. We can still enjoy that. And you can still get out to certain areas. You just can't go to a museum. Um, I'm looking at uh, the Nature Comes to You. And by the way, the link 
is there on my website, MikeNovak.net. Go to the blog. And you and can we've, we've put it on Facebook and tweeted it out as well. Fantastic. Thank you, uh, Kayla and Hannah, for doing that. Um, and some of the stuff that you've had on there, how do butterflies eat? It's Turtle Tuesday. Well, today is not Tuesday, but you sent it out on Turtle Tuesday. Uh, fabulous Frogs, Read to Me Day, How Did Animals Survive the Winter, just stuff that a lot of folks would want to know about anyway. So how is this all being put together, Sarah? Yeah, it's really wonderful to see how collaboration at the Nature Museum is sustaining and evolving in these new situations. So collaboration across departments and team at the Nature Museum has always been critical, but now we're finding new ways to do that. And so some of our scientists are out in the field doing the important field work that they need to, studying the reptiles and amphibians that are just waking up from hibernation. So we're getting reports back from the scientists in the field. And then the educators and facilitators and marketing people at the museum are figuring out the best way to tell that story. So even though the rest of us are staying safe in our homes, we can learn from our scientists that are out there and all of the other research and activities that are available. So if we're thinking about making our observations, asking questions, and sharing about what we've learned, those are really three key things that we want our learners at home to be doing as well. Well, and and I'm going to encourage people to do this, to sign up, and I've got the link where you can sign up to get the newsletter because you're going to, what's going to happen here is you're going to, you're going to get all these people filled with all this knowledge while they're cooped up. And then when they're free, they're going to go out to these places and Mm -hmm. try to find the things that they read about. And I assume that's what you want to have happen, Sarah. Absolutely. At the Nature Museum, we are the urban gateway to nature and science. So we want people to connect with nature in whatever way is best for them, because we know that there is so many mental and physical health benefits from being in nature. And so we have to connect that way a little more virtually now. But as the time is right, getting out into nature and experiencing it in a safe way is so important. Another way that we can continue to do that right now, though, is through community-based science. So those are opportunities to only record your observations but learn from the science that's happening out there. So if you just look into some community-based science activities, there's really awesome ways to do those three key points that we've been talking about, about making observations, asking your questions, and sharing what you've learned. I imagine, yeah, community-based science. Citizen science. Citizen science, yeah, uh, is going to be more important than ever right now. Uh, and, and let's face it, people have a lot of free time on their hands yeah. at the moment. Well, and migration season starting, for example. I'm, I'm seeing in my own yard a couple of uh, new sparrows coming in. I'm looking on different lists, Chicago Audubon, a lot of the other Facebook groups of everyone's just recording pretty much everything they're seeing going by. And, and you know, it is a great time with more quiet time for people to learn observation for people to maybe take an online course of bird identification or frog identification? Yeah, and so so there's so many great opportunities out there, and that's another form of collaboration that's really happening between institutions and the public. So um, some of the other great institutions in Chicago that have awesome citizen science projects, if you're into birds or like eBird or if plants are more Mm -hmm. your thing, 
the botanic garden has the bud birds, which right now they're wanting us to collect data on when we see the first buds and blossoms <laughs> and blooms come out. So that would be a real thing to do together as a family. Well, uh, I want to thank you so much, uh, Sarah Anderson, for being part of this and uh, for the folks at Peggy Notabart Nature Museum for keeping science alive during really tough times. I love the way the people are innovating right now, especially our, our institutions. And, of course, you can go to MikeNovak.net to find out all this information. Um, uh, take advantage of it and, and sign up and, and get the newsletter. Um, uh, you're not, you're not going to regret it. Uh, and uh, I hope we talk to you real soon about the, the work you're doing there. So thank you, Sarah, so much. It's Mike Novak here with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right From small boat to your dinner table with a quick stop at your doorstep. The seafood at Sitka Salmon Shares comes from a collective of small boat fishermen who respect the ocean and its sea life. They're a community-supported fishery like your CSA. Instead of produce, they bring you responsibly harvested, wild-caught Alaskan seafood. The fish is in season and reflects the limits of nature. You even know who caught the fish. It's right on the box. Sign up today. I did. Use promo code MIKE25 for $25 off your share. Go to SitkaSalmonShares.com. This is Mike Novak from WCGO. During the COVID outbreak, you can still find fresh, healthy food and help others receive it. There's the Chicago Community COVID-19 Response Fund, the Greater Chicago Food Depository, My Block, My Hood, My City, and more. Check out Illinois Stewardship Alliance, Chicago Farmers Market Collective, Green City Market, Naturally Chicago for fresh food resources. There's more out there, so find it. Don't let anybody go hungry in this time of crisis. We're all in this together. It's a, I, I don't, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, but I do not have my cardigan on. Um, I should have. It's up. Kathleen, get me the cardigan. Uh, never mind. Um, and, it, you know, there's a connection here because we know that Mr. Rogers now has uh, COVID-19. That is to say Tom Hanks. Um, and uh, he's recovering. It seems like they're, they're doing fine. So that's, that's good to hear. But it's, it was weird because I ran across the song and I thought, okay, I'm going to play this because it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's going to snow today. But, ah, you know, as long as we're talking about yeah. nature and food. And I've got um, robins running around on the lawn outside my window. So, and, yeah. And chipmunks uh, riding on their backs. And it's really kind of fun. Uh, speaking of nature, this is the third element of our show today. Uh, we talked about growing food in your backyard and how you can do that and infuse herbs into your drinks, your teas, and to your dishes. And now, oh, and then we talked about how to buy, how to shop for food that keeps you sustained. Uh, you can grow it in your yard too, but you can all, you have to shop for it at some point as well, most people. Uh, and now we talk about nature because a week ago, what we were hearing is, as the coronavirus came in and before we had the stay in place order in Illinois and New York and California and now potentially other states, um, we were being told, well, the good way to stay healthy is go out in nature and go experience it. And now some of those places are being locked down too. Now, not everything's closed, but it's tricky. 
For instance, I got a, 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 a an email from Will County. They've locked up the parking lot. They don't want dog walkers there anymore, but you can still access the forest preserves, which is sort of weird because some people need to drive to the forest preserves. Yeah. Otherwise, they can't get there. Uh, in, in the Chicago region, in Cook County, it's a lot easier for people to get to the forest preserves. You can bike there or you can walk there. Um, but all the facilities are shut down and museums are shut down, which brings us to our next guest, Sarah Anderson, who's the director of education at Chicago's Peggy Notabart Nature Museum. And you guys decided that, okay, folks still need to know about nature. Normally they come to the museum and they learn about butterflies and frogs and turtles and salamanders and whatever else is out there in nature. And you said, we're going to take it to your home. Tell us about that, Sarah. Good morning. Yes, thank you so much for having the Nature Museum on your show today. Usually in the spring, the education department is so excited teaching all the school groups that come on field trips to the museum. But with our new situation, we, as a whole museum, really came together to think about how we can engage and support everyone as their home. So we're doing that through our Daily Wonder email that gets sent directly to your inbox. And it's a collaboration between our scientists, our um, external affairs team, and our education department, and our everyone that's focused on education to really support grown-ups and their kids asking questions and being curious about nature around them. Yeah, what it, it's called the Nature Museum comes to you. And uh, I found yeah. out about that because I got your email and you said, okay, we've shut down, but we're still going to be sending out information. And it's a, and it's a kind of a homeschooling, isn't it? Because you're, you're, you're sending out STEM lessons developed by the museum educators and scientists that parents, guardians, and caregivers can use. And what I was thinking was it isn't just for the kids. I keep thinking the adults are going to get as much information out of this as the kids are. And color and the great coloring things you're sending out. <laughs> I'm going to be doing that. Oh, so, okay. So Peggy's got her crayons out. Well, tell yep. me about the, uh, the educational material, Sarah. Yeah, it really is for all of us. And that's what we think about how science skills are really life skills. So if we're all asking questions and noticing what's happening around us, we can be learning science at every level and every day. So we're really thinking about kind of three main things that can help you with that science at home while you're there with your kids or just yourself or whoever is with you. And so we're thinking about making observations. So if you can make a routine out of looking out your window and noticing what's happening, spring is such a beautiful time to do that because mm -hmm. as you guys have been talking about, you're seeing the plants start to um, pop up out of ground. The trees are budding out. The birds are coming back. The squirrels are very active in lots of ways. So lots of fun things to observe out your window. Well, what I've been saying to some people, and I <laughs> see this is my dark side coming out, is uh, the plants are taunting us right now. Okay. They're saying, hey, we don't have a problem with coronavirus. We're going to pop up here. But actually, we can enjoy that. We can still enjoy that. And you can still get out to certain areas. You just can't go to a museum. Um, I'm looking at uh, The Nature Comes to You. And by the way, the link is there on my website, mm -hmm. mikenovak.net. Go to the blog. And you and can. We've, we've put it on Facebook and tweeted it out as well. Fantastic. Thank you, uh, Kayla and Hannah, for doing that. Um, and some of the stuff that you've had on there, 
How do butterflies eat? It's Turtle Tuesday. Well, today's not Tuesday, but you send it out on Turtle Tuesday. Uh, fabulous frogs, read to me day. How did animals survive the winter? Just stuff that a lot of folks would want to know about anyway. So how is this all being put together, Sarah? Yeah, it's really wonderful to see how collaboration at the Nature Museum is sustaining and evolving in these new situations. So collaboration across departments and team at the Nature Museum has always been critical, but now we're finding new ways to do that. And so some of our scientists are out in the field doing the important field work that they need to, studying the reptiles and amphibians that are just waking up from hibernation. So we're getting reports back from the scientists in the field. And then the educators and facilitators and marketing people at the museum are figuring out the best way to tell that story. So even though the rest of us are staying safe in our homes, we can learn from our scientists that are out there and all of the other research and activities that are available. So if we're thinking about making our observations, asking questions, and sharing about what we've learned, those are really three key things that we want our learners at home to be doing as well. Well, and and I'm going to encourage people to do this, to sign up, and I've got the link where you can sign up to get the newsletter because you're going to, what's going to happen here is you're going to, you're going to get all these people filled with all this knowledge while they're cooped up. And then when they're free, they're going to go out to these places and Mm -hmm. try to find the things that they read about. And I assume that's what you want to have happen, Sarah. Absolutely. At the Nature Museum, we are the urban gateway to nature and science. So we want people to connect with nature in whatever way is best for them, because we know that there is so many mental and physical health benefits from being in nature. And so we have to connect that way a little more virtually now. But as the time is right, getting out into nature and experiencing it in a safe way is so important. Another way that we can continue to do that right now, though, is through community-based science. So those are opportunities to only record your observations, but learn from the science that's happening out there. So if you just look into some community-based science activities, there's really awesome ways to do those three key points that we've been talking about, about making observations, asking your questions, and sharing what you've learned. I imagine, yeah, community-based science. Citizen science. Citizen science, yeah, uh, is going to be more important than ever right now. Uh, and, and let's face it, people have a lot of free time on their hands yeah. at the moment. Well, and migration season starting, for example. I'm, I'm seeing in my own yard a couple of um, new sparrows coming in. I'm looking on different lists, Chicago Audubon, a lot of the other Facebook groups of everyone's just recording pretty much everything they're seeing going by. And, and you know, it is a great time with more quiet time for people to learn observation for people to maybe take an online course of bird identification or frog identification? Yeah, and so so there's so many great opportunities out there, and that's another form of collaboration that's really happening between institutions and the public. So um, some of the other great institutions in Chicago that have awesome citizen science projects, if you're into birds, are like eBird or if plants are more Mm -hmm. your thing, the Botanic Garden has the bud burst, which right now they're wanting us to collect data on when we see the first buds and blossoms mm-hmm. and blooms come out. So that would be a real thing to do together as a family. 
Well, uh, I want to thank you so much, uh, Sarah Anderson, for being part of this and uh, for the folks at Peggy Notabart Nature Museum for keeping science alive during really tough times. I love the way the people are innovating right now, especially our, our institutions. And, of course, you can go to MikeNovak.net to find out all this information. Um, uh, take advantage of it and, and sign up and, and get the newsletter. Um, uh, you're not, you're not going to regret it. Uh, and uh, I hope we talk to you real soon about the, the work you're doing there. So thank you, Sarah, so much. It's Mike Novak here with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right From small boat to your dinner table with a quick stop at your doorstep. The seafood at Sitka Salmon Shares comes from a collective of small boat fishermen who respect the ocean and its sea life. They're a community-supported fishery like your CSA. Instead of produce, they bring you responsibly harvested, wild-caught Alaskan seafood. The fish is in season and reflects the limits of nature. You even know who caught the fish. It's right on the box. Sign up today. I did. Use promo code MIKE25 for $25 off your share. Go to SitkaSalmonShares.com. This is Mike Novak from WCGO. During the COVID outbreak, you can still find fresh, healthy food and help others receive it. There's the Chicago Community COVID-19 Response Fund, the Greater Chicago Food Depository, My Block, My Hood, My City, and more. Check out Illinois Stewardship Alliance, Chicago Farmers Market Collective, Green City Market, Naturally Chicago for fresh food resources. There's more out there, so find it. Don't let anybody go hungry in this time of crisis. We're all in this together. 